listening to episode 31, chapter 2 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Jeff Tacklin. Jeff is the lead pastor of Church by the Sea in Laguna Beach, California. He is passionate about spiritual formation, surfing, and anything C.S. Lewis. He's also a spiritual director and has a master's degree in philosophy and a doctorate in semiotics and future studies. His book, The Winding Path of Transformation, describes spiritual formation as an invitation to paradox. By entering into suffering, we find joy. By embracing the downward path of humility, we find glory. And by remaining small, sometimes we grow to great heights. In Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote, Every father is pleased at the baby's first attempt to walk. No father would be satisfied with anything less than a firm, free, manly walk in a grown-up son. In the same way, God is easy to please, but hard to satisfy. It would be comfortable to continue crawling around on the floor as Christians. Life is simple there, and we don't have to do much. But we never grow when we're comfortable. And like a good father, God desires our transformation as his sons and daughters more than he desires our comfort in staying in the same place. In this chapter, Jeff unpacks the ways God unsettles us and leads us through discomfort. It's not an easy path, but it is a path of transformation. You talk about this in chapter two, just the whole process of growth, and this is very helpful. Um, So you say like, you point out that these moments of certainty that we sort of have breakthroughs and we're like, we've got it all figured out. We've, we, we've solved this issue, but as we grow, we seem to have to revisit and relearn these same lessons over and over and over again. Why does it seem that we're constantly having to relearn those lessons? And I, I'll give you an, for instance too, because Josh and I have found this to be true in our own lives. Is that is um, like one of us might come to the other and we're having a conversation and it's like, We're trying to express the newness of some revelation you've gotten. And it, like, when you come and say it, it's like sometimes I'll be like, Josh, I just realized something, right? I was out for a walk and I just realized looking up at the stars, God is big. He's bigger than the entire universe. And yet he loves me. And then the other, the other person just kind of stares at him and goes, yeah. (laughs) And And it sounds so like small and it's like well of course but for whatever reason in that moment there was a grace that was given and a whole new world opened up to what that grace really meant and 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 so what is that what is that role and and why is that certainty constantly seeming to have to be broken yeah that um I think that God is so faithful to disrupt that because I we have that tendency to I think when we grow um, something in us then seeks to remain and to stay right there and I think God is constantly having to invite us to more and often by disrupting sort of our comfortability that comes with it but um but I think as we grow this idea of transformation it, you know it's it's not just like, oh, we've attained this new piece of knowledge. It's like the, 
the size of our heart has increased. And, um, and, and sometimes even this becomes difficult to measure. So I think that's part of the difficulty is so for one, like you're saying, here's a truth that maybe you learned, you were in Sunday school, first grade, and you learned this idea of God is big. And then all of a sudden find yourself now here later in life, coming back to that same thing, but you've changed your ability to see and understand that capacity has shifted, which in many ways, that's sort of the transforming work that, that, that idea, you know, I talk in there about that, how the word repentance in the Greek is this word metanoia, which means like to know beyond. And I think that sometimes those same truths, all of a sudden we realize it's we who've changed and our capacity to grasp it has increased. Um, there's a little story I tell in there that's from uh, the book Prince Caspian, one of the Narnia stories that Lewis wrote, where Lucy sees the lion, sees Aslan again after she's returning back to Narnia and comments that he's grown and Aslan says, no, it's you that, that have grown. So I think that it's tied up in that idea that that same truth looks different because we're seeing with new eyes. And spiritual growth is a very difficult thing to grow. Um, it, it, impossible by some standards, like if you're trying to actually put numbers on it, we, we can't see those things. And so it becomes a very hard thing to sort of measure and manage in that way. Um, talk to us a little bit about, though, because you just mentioned you're a big journaler. Has journaling, how has journaling played a part in helping you measure your growth in that way? Because, um, at least for myself, because our Christian process and growth is so slow, we don't see it day to day, but it's like maybe once you can flip back through some of your old journals and all of a sudden you start seeing on the pages, wow, like I recognized, okay, two years ago, maybe I was dealing with that issue or I felt small at that time, but Today, when I had that revelation, it started really making sense of what's gone on in the last two years. Is, is that been similar for you, or, or do you see this whole idea of measuring your growth differently? Well, I, probably a little bit of both. Like, there I am in the middle. But um, <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that, the, that journaling, that idea of like tangibly putting it down helps you see it right? What otherwise can, can go unnoticed. Um, so journaling is incredibly valuable. Even if you never went and reread those journals, I think it has value, but to go back through and to watch how things have changed along the way, um, is there's discovery that emerges. And I think that helps you follow the thread, which is really good. I think, you know, like Kierkegaard says, it's only in looking back that we understand life, like looking forward, right? It's, it's just all mystery. But when we look back, helps us make sense. And so going back through is really important. But for me also, um, well, are you guys familiar with spiritual direction, that kind of idea, having a spiritual director? Yeah. Um, for me, that has been an invaluable piece in this as well as somebody that's just kind of walked this road with me and listened because, um, well, I'm thinking of a story from a few years ago where uh, with my director, I was on to the next subject and she paused and said, this is new ground for us, Jeff. And I thought, oh, okay. And then she, she said, tell me, you know, 
do you have any, for me, this was a leadership question. Do you have any problem seeing yourself as the lead pastor of the church that you're at? And I said, no. And she goes, Jeff, that's all we've talked about for two years. And said, I think we need to just pause and take a moment and just realize the work that God has done. And I, I tell that story because I think sometimes when those moments happen, we go flying on by and it's because what seemed like such a big thing at one point no longer is. We've grown and the freedom is like, it just has no attachment over us anymore. But I don't know if we get like the gold star if um, if we don't have people in our life slowing us down or if we're not taking the time to think or to, to reflect, I mean. That's one of the reasons we value walking with another person. I mean, there, there can be multiple kinds of relationships when at Daily Growth we talk about walking with someone. Uh, but really, it's about that need that we have for someone else to look into our lives and tell us what we may not see ourselves, whether it's a, a change that we need to make or whether it's a change that has been made that we just need to recognize. All of those things are, are invaluable when it comes to the Christian life. And honestly, I'm coming to the point where I firmly believe that you cannot live a successful Christian life without that in, so, in some way in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's just yeah, too many blind spots. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, sorry. I, one of my favorite stories of, of this recently was uh, Josh and I were talking a few weeks back, and I'm, I'm actually ashamed to say that this was actually just a few weeks back. But um, <laughs> So I've had major identity struggles my entire life and thought I had a handle on it. And I'm realizing now just because you recognize that the equation two plus two equals four doesn't really mean you understand that if you have two apples over here and two apples over there, that means you have four apples. I think that's sort of what your point was earlier when you said like we, we can recognize those things, but our heart hasn't grown enough to really capture them and, and understand them. And um, we were talking about, I don't remember how we got on the story, but we started talking about the Mary and Martha their different responses to Jesus being in their midst. Mary obviously just being with Jesus and being present in the moment, and Martha being busy about the house, trying to make sure everything was was perfect. She went with the doing route, and Mary went with the being route. Yeah. And again, I know that being is the primary, so I've always assumed I was a beer. I was a Mary in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> and Josh just very gently said, Chris, you're totally a Martha. <laughs> and I go, no, 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 I'm not. Like, I'm a Mary. What do you mean? And he goes, he just, I don't remember what the phrase was. I really wish, but he just repeated back to me something I had just said 30 seconds earlier. And it was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally. something along the lines of, I'm totally a Mary. I do this. I do this. I do oh, this. Yeah. I do this. <laughs> Look, I got this whole checklist. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I think. Having somebody to walk with or having the spiritual director is incredibly inv invaluable for helping us see things that we could never see. Acting as that voice of God in our life to help us kind of prod, prod us along and, and see where we're going. Um, actually, I do have a few questions about spiritual direction since, since we're here, um, which is like, Number one, how did you begin your journey with one? Like what led you to want to reach out and get a spiritual director or, or was it, did somebody else initiate that? Um, how did you get hooked up with them first? Let's say. Yeah. That. Well, I think I wasn't very familiar with the practice. Um, 
I, I was at a time where I had, so I've been at my church for like 18 years and it started as a youth pastor here. And my title had changed a few times until the pastor that had hired me, he and I were co-leading. And then he told me one day that um, he was taking a job somewhere else. And it kind of threw me into a bit of a tailspin. And I think some of that was my reluctance to lead. Some of that was the fact that I had, um, I didn't see myself as necessarily fitting the right mold. Some of that went back to wounds, even in early ministry days and all this stuff. And, you know, I went and I saw a therapist, you know, to talk about it and it was valuable, but I, I knew it wasn't exactly what I needed. Um, and a friend of mine just said, have you considered spiritual direction? I know somebody and I reached out to her and she's been my director ever since. And I think that's what I needed was somebody that really in many ways would just listen to me and then maybe point out the thing I was missing, just like what we've been talking about, like another set of eyes that's there and somebody that's not coming in trying to fix but to just nudge me where I'm stuck. And, and that became for me so incredibly valuable. And, um, I'm still seeing the same person now in direction and, you know, it's, uh, God has shown me so much through that relationship. Yeah. And now you are a spiritual director as well. And you, and is that, in addition to your capacity as, as lead pastor, or do those things go hand in hand? No, it's in addition. Um, you know, the the model of direction that, where, that I learned, um, you know, they really try to keep it outside of relationships that are ongoing. So I really try not to direct anybody that's kind of in my sphere, <laughs> all people from outside. So because I'm a full-time pastor, I just direct just a, a handful of people but um so it, but it it allows me to stay in it and present and i can see myself someday doing much more of that but right now i'm i'm do some teaching in spiritual direction and so it just kind of keeps my toe in the water there yeah and, and and does that allow for that keeping that distance does that allow for greater freedom between each person to to be a little bit more open and honest with each other yeah is that what exactly. that's for that's what it, it kind of protects that the safety of that space and you know the, the you with spiritual direction you've kind of got a bunch of different models for it and some you know are much more directive the the model that i learned is more contemplative where you're just uh, it's a lot really a lot of listening um but yeah but but with that i think we try to you're you're just not in relationship. You're not following your directees on social media. You're you're kind of trying to stay out of those circles so that you can not be distracted as you're there with them. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who's who hears this? They're like, okay, I, I need to walk with someone. Spiritual direction sounds like a a good way of doing that. What would you say to somebody if they wanted to search and search out a spiritual director and get connected with them? Well, I, I think, you know, the, the first thing you do, any good director, if you, you know, if you find some names, you're going to want to interview the person. So, um, and, and I think you should go into it. And once you feel like a nudge towards somebody, I think you would need to like take a couple sessions with them and then it'd be worth kind of ahead of time setting up a time where you could reevaluate just to make sure because you, you want the right fit, you want the right person. So I think it's good to be a little bit selective but um, but I think also, too, I think 
I think God loves this and it is so good about kind of pushing us towards the right people too. So to pay attention to that sense of like where God is leading, but it's such a valuable role. So for anybody that is considering doing it, it's, it's not mentoring. It's, it's a kind of a whole different model, but especially as we're, as we get older, I think it becomes so critical. The great lie of American Christianity is that Jesus wants us to live comfortable lives We have equated the American dream of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as the goal of our life in Christ. So it's hard to hear that God disrupts our comfort. Just when we think we have life figured out, God works to throw us off. But he doesn't do this to be cruel. He does it because he wants us to grow. He wants us to grow in our relationship with him, to know him more intimately. But in order to grow in our relationship, God must grow us Our capacity to receive more of him must increase. And this is never a comfortable process, but it is worth it. And it's why we need others to walk with us on this journey. Having a spiritual companion to lean on when times get tough allows us to see what God is doing in our lives from different angles. So today, get with a trusted friend or family member, someone you can share your journey with, and talk to them about what you think God is doing in your life. Ask How is God disrupting your comfort, and how is he trying to grow you in this season? How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Jeff and his work, check out jefftacklin.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation where Jeff lays out what it costs if we want to grow. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.